Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where I invest in dividend stocks for weekly and monthly cash flow. It is 6-14-22. I believe it's Tuesday. Hold on a second. Yes, it's Tuesday. That just happens when you don't need to punch a time clock anymore. <laughs> and the only thing you need to keep track of is your grandkids' birthdays and holidays, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it is a little strange not having a calendar anymore, not having a uh, <clears throat> time clock to punch. But, all right, so it's Tuesday the 14th. For the first time, believe it or not, I actually went into the repository where all my podcasts are listed, and they don't make any sense to me. And I'm the one who posts them. So... I think today's going to be the first day where I change the format. So when you're actually looking at the heading of, of the podcast, it'll give you a better idea of what's going on. Because it was a little confusing for me. And I'm the one who did it. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> let's get to where we are, where we're going. I did a quick little check. There's 30, 30, 3, 0, 30 companies that have increased their dividend payments for more than 25 years that are having their EX date in two weeks. Okay, so the week of the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and the 1st. 30 companies. Now, any one of these companies is a good company to hold on to. I'll give you a perfect example. The list I'm looking at right here in front of me, well, is uh, Warren Buffett's list. Now... <clears throat> If you're an investor, you know that if Warren Buffett has a company, it buys stock in a company, it has to be a relatively good quality company. So why not? He's got six of them to have the EX date in two weeks. Okay, three of them on the 29th and three of them on the 1st. Now, yesterday, we looked at the Dividend Kings. Let me quickly pull up the Dividend Kings. There's only three. Three dividend kings that have their EX date in two weeks. Warren Buffett has six. And then the dividend achievers have the rest. Quite a bit on the dividend achievers. Now, not all of them are going to be weekly optionable stocks. Now, I do this specifically for weekly um, cash flow. Okay, My goal is 1% per week, which a lot of you know that. My main goal is to make sure I get at least a minimum of $1,000 a week off this $100,000 account. Uh, it was kind of interesting. I had a conversation yesterday. Um, well, it wasn't really a conversation. It was more or less texting back and forth. Communication. Ooh, that's a good word. I had a communication with this gentleman, and he was talking about dividend investing, and I told him what I did. And he said the way he calculated it, he needed at least $580,000 before he can retire to live comfortably off of his dividend investments. I said, hey, perfectly fine. I live comfortably off less than $100,000. <laughs> but then again, I have almost no overhead. Almost done. But... <clears throat> 
I'm a little bit of an anomaly, so I'm a little bit different. But I like my life. It's quiet. It's peaceful. I come and go as I please. I only work if I feel like it. And it is a huge difference when you work and you feel like it. And you have no money issues. Okay? Uh, Now, granted, if I wanted to go on a vacation someplace and uh, spend a lot of money, I would have to, you know, do something about that. But right now, all my basics basics are covered with what I have. All right. Let's stop the jibber-jabbering, see where we are, see where we're going, and see what's on the list. First, foremost, we always go over the positions that we're holding at this moment in time. Now, I'm going to go over the last 30 days because before I buy any position, I always give the whole outlook, that what the one-year chart looks like, what the 90-day chart looks like, the seasonality, all that kind of stuff. And if the numbers work, I'll do it. If the numbers do not work, I will not do it. Now, the interesting thing, <clears throat> I just joined um, a, ooh, I'm trying to think of it, a community, for lack of better words, a community of people all having similar interests. Investing and learning, financial education, all that kind of nice, needs fun stuff. And I am offering all my my knowledge and all my services for whoever wants it or whoever asks. Now, mine is very niche specific. Okay, I only do dividend investing for cash flow. That's it. I don't look at the new hyper stock. I don't look at uh, cryptocurrency. I don't look at real estate. I don't look at anything but something. I can actually touch, taste, and feel. Something I have some kind of control over. Okay? Now you got the companies that I, I look at Johnson and Johnson, Procter and Gamble, Home Depot, Bank of America, Lowe's, Coca-Cola, so on and so forth. All good, strong companies. Are there more opportunities out there to make more money? Oh hell yeah. But I could care less. I you know, they have the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm comfortable with what I got. I'm comfortable with what I do. And I'm okay. I don't need millions upon millions like some people think that they do. So let's stop the BS. Jump in. See where we are. See where we're going. See what's happening. Okay. First on my list is Bank of America. Now, Bank of America... It... um, it's not a dividend king, and it's not a dividend aristocrat, and it's not a dividend achiever. So why is it on my list? The only reason why it's on my list is because Warren Buffett owns it. And if it's good enough for old Warren, it's good enough for me. So in the last 30 days, we've seen a high with Bank of America at 37.53, and we've seen a low at 31.74. That was yesterday, the low of the year. The last 52 weeks was yesterday for Bank of America, and the low was 31.74. We're sitting at 31.80 at this moment in time, so we're not too far off. Now, I got a couple hundred shares at 36.58. Granted, it's not a lot of money, but I sold the 34 calls, which is less than what I paid for it, and I only did that to capture the 19 cents per share. Granted, it's not a lot of money, but I'm not looking to make a lot, okay? I like to fly under the radar. I like to make enough where I can live comfortably, my means, and I don't have to pay taxes. Because if I have enough tax write-offs and I don't make it over a certain amount, 
I don't have to pay taxes. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, I got to reiterate. Income taxes. I don't pay income tax. Now, I do pay federal taxes. You know, the federal tax. But I don't pay income tax because I don't make enough money. And I specifically do that so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, and that's a different conversation. And I, I, I don't share that conversation because I like to be left alone. And basically, the IRS leaves me alone. And I'm happy with that. Okay, so Bank of America is a, a little on the downside today. 3176. Is that a new low? No, 3174 was the low of yesterday. Right now, she's sitting at 3176. She might go lower. You never know. Lower highs, lower lows. It's going down. Now, yeah, it is going down, and I can't argue with that because we had five down days in a row. But, like I said, I'm not really worried about it only because it's Bank of America. These are one of those companies that's too big to fail. Federal government keeps giving them money just because they are who they are. Uh, so the money pretty much, I feel it's safe. Because if Warren Buffett owns it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it's safe where it is. Now, I'm bringing in not a lot every week, but I captured the dividend. Okay, which a lot of people just capture dividends. But no, I capture dividends and premiums. Yeah, every once in a while I get bit in the butt. But for the most part, it's like 98% of the time I'm right and everything goes my way. It's that 2% every once in a while that, you know, keeps me on my toes. BK or Bank Mellon is next on the list. Bank Mellon is another one of those companies having a little bit of a tough time adjusting. Um, in the last 30 days, we see a high at 46.98. And yesterday was the low of the year at 41.13. We're sitting at 41.25 today, getting close there. And just like Bank of America, Bank Mellon, I got a couple hundred shares I, at 48.34. However, I sold the 43 and a half call for 25 cents per share. Granted, it's only giving me 125 bucks for the week, but hey, I've already collected the dividends on this. All I have to do is keep my eye on it and make sure it doesn't go over 43.50. Okay? And I don't mind because it takes me less than 10 minutes a day. And, and I can do 10 minutes a day to get the income that I'm getting. And it's, it's not that bad. Uh, all right. Next on the list is Coca-Cola. Love Coca-Cola. All right. In the last 30 days, we've seen a high at 61.10. And a... Whoops. I think moved the wrong way. Hold that thought for a second. I'm not, don't go anywhere. And a low. The low of the year for Coca-Cola is today. 5866 now they get the dividend coming up, or do they already have the dividend? I don't know. But anyway, I'm into this at 63.90. Now I got this on the 31st. Let me quickly. Uh, so one, two, three. I collected three premiums, and this week, wait a minute, last week I think I collected dividend, or is it this week? I don't know. One set of dividends and three premiums. So for those of you who just buy Coca-Cola and just collect the dividend once every 90 days, hey, more power to you. I'll collect the dividend and collect the premiums as I go along. Um, all right, so that's that. Lowe's is next on the list. And Lowe's has my cash cow so far for the first half of the year. I bought it up in, in January. It was the very first trade I made of the year. Um, 
I think it was like 258 I bought it. It was sitting at 177, so I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable, but not really. And here's the reason why. The reason why, less than 10 minutes a day, I can keep my eye on this, and I can sell out of the money calls that bring in cash flow, but don't, um, don't sell the stock for less than I paid for it. Now, uh, we are almost halfway through the year, so I believe twenty. I believe we're through twenty-four, twenty-three or twenty-four weeks, because at the end of this month it will be twenty-six weeks. So I'm going to just count backwards. Cause I don't know. I don't know exactly which week we're in. Um, <clears throat> so every single week since I bought Lowe's, I have collected a premium. Granted, I had to buy back two options, which lost me a little bit. No, I say a little bit, not a lot, because I collected the dividend twice, and I collected the premium over 14 times, I believe. So as long as I don't sell it for less than I paid for it, which I'm not going to do, and if I look at the average movements that this stock makes and I sell an option just out of the money, I can collect the premium and still hold on to my trade. Okay, so I bought it at, at 258 I sold this week the 190 call. She's sitting at 177, okay? Now, granted, it could pass the 190 by Friday, but is it going to? Nobody knows. So, now Lowe's is one of these companies I just keep my eye on. I watch as it moves, the daily moves, the weekly moves, just to make sure I sell an option far enough out of the money where... I'm not at risk of losing it, but then again, I still bring in some cash flow. Now, I want to wrap this up. Oh, and by the way, I did sell it for, I'd like a buck, 104 per share, which is a little over 400 bucks for the week. Last but not least is M.O. Mon oh, Altria. Now, Altria is having a tough time. We've seen a high at 54.89. And a low of the year at forty-five ninety-four. And guess what, peeps? <laughs> the low of the year is today. So we're into this at fifty-four nineteen. Okay. Now we got this a couple weeks ago. We haven't collected dividend on it yet, so we'll be collecting the dividend, I believe, this week. And we've collected three premiums already. Granted, this week is only 18 cents. Not a lot, but 18 cents this week, however much it was last week, however much it was the week before, and we get to collect the dividends also. And as long as I don't sell it below what I paid for it, I'm perfectly happy with what's going on. All right, all that being said, let's quickly jump into Warren Buffett's list because there's there are so many companies that we have on our list this week. I don't think I'm going to be able to go through them all, but let's go as fast as we possibly can. Um, like I said, Warren Buffett has six companies that are on the list this week, and I'm going to run down them really quick and see what the numbers look like. I am cashed out, so I can't do diddly squat, but some of you people might want to take a look at the numbers if, and, uh, and go from there. I'm not telling you what to buy. I'm not telling you what you should do. I'm just giving you the numbers and the companies. Now, the companies, you should know. If it's good enough for Warren Buffett, I think it should be good enough for you. Just saying. I could be wrong. We got three to look at. 
MDLZ. I'm going to put it into the trade grid really quick, MDLZ, because that's the quickest way to find out whether it's not weekly or monthly, and it is weekly, uh, into the one-year chart. Ooh, this basically looks like a sideways channeling stock. Big channel, but still. All right, we started off a year ago, 52 weeks from today, 52 weeks ago, last year, 63.45. We hit a high at 68.18. And this looks like, um, is that a double low? A double low right around 57.60. Okay, somewhere in that area. The last 30 days, let's isolate this. Now, it takes me a little bit to do this because when you're looking at the one-year chart, you got to isolate all the numbers and then go from there. Okay, so the last 30 days, <clears throat> we've seen a high at 66.45 and a low of 58. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? A low of 58 is today. All right. Anyway, let's take a look at seasonality. Now, seasonality, for those who don't know, is an average movement of what the stock does on a yearly basis. Okay? How does the stock react? I mean, the company's been in business for more than, two, you know, however long it's been in business. Um, how does it normally go? What is the seasonal factors? That's like gasoline goes up just before people take vacations. Uh, heating oil goes up just before the winter. Um, ooh, here's a good one. Hershey stock goes up just before Valentine's Day. Anyway, from there, they take 10 years of data and they put it on top of one another to give you an average movement of basically how it moves. And no, it's not done by the price. It's done by percentages. Uh, it could be a little confusing trying to describe it, but let's just say this is the way the stock moves for this period of time. Now, for the next 10 days, this baby's going to go sideways. Not saying that it is. I'm just saying over the past 10 years, it averaged out going sideways during this time frame. Okay? Now, we are only concerned between now and two weeks because in two weeks, they pay out their dividend. And we want to collect a dividend. The way I look at it is, if I buy the stock, right now the bid is $57.98 and the ask is $57.99. If the dividend is $57, uh, sorry, is $0.50, cents, and I buy the stock at $57.99, I want to sell that stock at $58.49. That's my purchase price plus the upcoming dividend. And I'm okay with that. Can it go up further than? Yeah. Will it? Don't know. Don't care. My main concern is collecting 1% per week. Everything goes wrong. Everything goes sideways. Everything goes down. I really don't care. It's a company that um, if it's good enough for Warren Buffett, it's good enough for me. All right. So as we were speaking, the bid and the ask is now $57.99 over 58 If we were going to do what is called an at-the-money-covered call. It means you buy the stock for 58 and you give someone the option of buying it from you at 58 So you buy it 58 sell for 58 and your cut would be, right at this moment, $0.75 cents per share. Okay, And you got to buy it at 100 shares at a time, so that's $75. Bucks. All right. Now, if it doesn't work out for you, you still collect that $0.75 cents per share. You carry it into next week. You do the exact thing over and over again. And then two weeks from this week, they pay out their dividend. 
and this is dividend investing. So, yes, the numbers look good on MDLZ. You get more than the 1%. The one-year chart looks like this baby's a sideways chart. Okay, so it basically goes, starts at one point, goes side, goes up, goes down, and basically starts, ends up at the same point. Same point. Uh, we're in a little bit of a downturn at the moment. We get uh, five down days. Uh, actually, four down days and one up day, but it's still a lower high and a lower low. But she opened up. She gapped down uh, on Monday. Oh, sorry, she gapped down on Friday, <clears throat> and she recovered a little bit. But Monday, she's down, and Tuesday, she's down. Where she's going to go from here, I don't know. But if it wasn't for the economic scenario, the situation in the country, and we based it strictly on the numbers in what it normally does, um, excluding any external factors, this baby should go sideways. So is it a good call? That's going to be totally up to you. But uh, MDLZ is something that I would do only because I can get my 1% by doing just a covered call. And a covered call is one of the safest trades you can possibly make. And it's a dividend stock owned by yours, not my, not yours truly, but uh, O. Warren. So that sounds good. All right, next on the list, I'm going to try to go a little bit faster only because I'm already past my 20 minutes and I got so many to look at. I'm just going to look at six today, all Warren Buffett's list. And tomorrow we're going to look at the dividend achievers because there's so many of them. Uh, STOR is next on the list. So MDLZ is a good one. I like that one. STOR is a monthly. So we're going to bypass that one. Not even going to bother with it because if we were going to do that, 24, yeah, barely even make you 1% on that one. So new, it does not make me a happy camper. USB. Now, just to let you know, I do have USB in one of my accounts. USB. And it is a weekly also. Alrighty. Okay, so USB <laughs> started out at 58.46. Seen a high in January, a double high at 63.55. And following everyone else, today is the low of the year at 46.27. And this one's had five down days in a row. I'm not quite sure. Is that down because of the company's down or is that down because of economic situation? Big difference. All right. Uh, let's check out seasonality first. And bringing up seasonality, here we go. All right, this is basically sideways. She starts out, I'm just going to give you the numbers, not that they mean anything. Uh, started out in January at uh, 5149, ends up in December at 5216. Now, it's a little bit of up and a little bit of down, but she's basically sideways. So 10 years of data, this thing goes up, down, but basically goes sideways. Okay, you, you finish up the year with basically what you started. All right. Whoops. And I want to go and take a look at the next 10 days. Yep. From where she is, she's going to go sideways for a little bit. And let's take a look. The trade grid for USB is 36, sorry, 4637 over 4638. Very tight. Well, squeeze there. Now, if we're going to do at the money, at the 4640, uh, we're looking at a dollar. 
you subtract the 40 off of that, so 60 cents. Yeah, that's more than 1%. That's like 1.3? 1.3% for the week. Now, you're buying it at 46.43, because it just went up a little bit, and you're selling the 46 call. Okay, so someone will be buying it from you. 46, they'll be giving you somewhere on a buck, buck five per share. And you subtract the 43 cents off of that, so 46, then you're up 60 cents, which is still more than what you paid for it. And you're getting like 1.5, 1.3% return for the week. Um, all right, so that's a good one. I like that one. So far, that's two for two. Now, do I know where it's going? No, I do not. Okay, the next three we're looking at, AXP, which is American Express, A. P. I don't have to put into trade grid because I know it is a weekly optional stock. American Express started out the year at 164. Has some ha, had pass it had some pretty decent support at 150. Until she finally broke through the 150 to the downside, sitting at 143. And today is the down day for the year. Uh, but the high of the year was 199.55 and that was back in middle of February. So where we are now, we got a 30 day high. Now I'm only interested in the, in the 30 days and the reason being is American Express is only paying out a 43 cent dividend. Now I'm gonna give you briefly my, um, my position. This is what I've been trying to explain to people earlier. Granted, it's a down day, and it's been in a down day for one, two, three, four, five days in a row. All right. So if we buy the stock at the open, add the $0.43 cents to our purchase price, and that becomes our new exit. Um, she opened up at $145.95. So my exit would be $146.95. Thirty, thirty-eight, I think. But needless to say, she blew past that and she hit one forty-seven forty. So I would have been in and out in one day and captured my dividend equivalents. Equivalents. Okay, so that's more than my what I'm looking for. But let, let's check it out. And see what the trade grid. Wait a minute before we do the trade grid. Let's check out the uh, seasonality. Seasonality for American Express. Oh, I like this chart. It's like a nice steady upward flow from January all the way to December. It's like, how can you go wrong? People say, why don't you just buy it and hold on to it for the year and, and see how it goes there? Well, if I'm getting 1% or more per week compounded throughout the whole year, you figure out how much that is and would I rather hold it. All right, I'll give you a, a, another example. How did I bought American Express a year ago? It was at 164.25. And if I'd still held on to it for a year, I would have collected four dividends, okay? Or <clears throat> if I took the exact same amount of money, bought the stock two weeks before the EX date, grabbed the dividend equivalents, and then used it to buy something else, and then jumped back into it again at the second quarter, um, grabbed its dividend equivalents, jumped out of it into something else, uh, and then I can constantly keep the money working. I got to stop all this crap and just keep on plowing forward. Next on the list is BMY. BMY, 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 BMY. What is that? A Bristol Myers Squibb. Hmm. Damn. 
Okay, so Bristol Myers. Okay, that chart don't look that bad. We started out in January. Oh well, sorry. Started out a year ago at sixty-six ninety-nine. Saw the bottom at fifty-three thirty-nine. That was at the end of November. From there, she shoots up. Hangs out in a trading range between 74 and 78. And it's been there for the past two or three months. It hit a high at 78.61. But it had pretty good resistance at the 77, 78 area. Sorry, 78 area. Let me think. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Seven times. She's hitting 78, so it's really not getting past that 78 area. Um, this one, again, had five down days in a row. We're sitting at 72.71, but it's not the low of the year, okay? Let's check out seasonality, see where this thing's going to be going, or should be going, or might be going, or has gone in the past. Doesn't mean it's going to do it again. Sideways. All right, so you take a look at the chart. You put one chart on top of another on top of another. And you take away the numbers. This is what the chart looks like. It just looks like a bunch of squiggly lines. But once you add the numbers into it, everything changes because the valuations are different. But the movements from the high and low are all relatively similar when you do percentages. Like the high would be 100 and the bottom would be 0. And everything in between would be between 1 and 99. And that's how you figure out your averages over a seasonality type scenario. All right, so BMY, we get a bid of 72.70 and an ask of 72.71, which is a one cent spread. All right, so if we're going to do it at the money, I am looking at the 72.71. The closest one we have at the money would be 72.50, and they're offering 92 cents, um, which is basically very close to your 1%. If she can stay where she is at the 72.70 or stay above 72.50, you can make your 1%, get in, get out, and you'll be done and over with. If not, Bristol-Myers Squibb, really not that bad of a company to hold on to. Uh, last we're going to look at today would be GL. And Bristol-Myers Squibb is only offering a $0.49 cent dividend. It's not huge. Last but not least, we have GL Globe Life. Started out a year ago at 103.74. Have some support at the 85.50 area, hitting it in November and hitting it again at the end of December. Uh, the last 30 days. We've seen. All right, let me get the last 30 days. Right there. Okay, last 30 days, we've seen a high at 99.05. We had four down days in a row, and guess what? The low is 87.87, and that was yesterday, and today is an update. Wow, this is the first company I've seen today that's an update. Just goes to show you, money goes from one into another. This one has an update. The other ones we looked at had a down day. All right, she's sitting at 88.98 at this moment in time. What does she normally do this time of year? Let's quickly take a look. All right, basically, side, nah, not hugely sideways, but okay. 
All right, here we are. Now, normally, this thing tanks for the next month, seasonality speaking. That doesn't mean that's what it's going to do. I'm just saying. The last 10 years, she's been going down this time of year. And the one-month the one month chart is showing the exact same thing. Okay. As I was saying before I got interrupted, uh, I'm going to pass on GL because I don't know if the 87.92 low of yesterday is the new low and today the 89.09 is bouncing off of that and going to keep going up because seasonally, over the last 10 years, she usually goes down this time of year. So I really don't know. And when I have something I really don't know, I have a tendency to stay away from it. But for those of you who like Bristol Myers Squibb, we got a 72.75 bid and a 72.76 ask. All right. Now, at the money, covered call would give you just around a tiny bit over 1%, like 1.1 or 1.2%. But if she historically goes down this time of year, yeah, you're going to collect your premium. Yeah, you'll collect your dividend in two weeks. But how long before it recovers so that you can get rid of it? Well, you can just keep it and keep, you know, getting premiums on a weekly basis. I mean, that's what I'm doing with Lowe's. Bristol Myers Squibb is absolutely no different. And, it's, and it, I, I stick to the exact same stocks every 90 days. So I won't look at Bristol Myers Squibb again for another 90 days. All right. All that being said, tomorrow, it would be Wednesday, um, uh, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 21. We're going to look at 21 companies. Well, maybe not 21. Uh, maybe 20 or so. Who knows? Yeah, because we already looked at USB. USB is a dividend achiever. And it's on Warren Buffett's list. So we don't need to look at it twice. SYY is on here. We already looked at GD's on here. EXP's on there, GL's on there, Bristol Myers Squibb's on there. So everyone there for, I believe, having the EX date in the 1st of July, which, by the way, is the next quarter. All right. So a lot of them will be on the list for tomorrow, and some of them we're going to pass because we already looked at them. And Dividend Achievers have a, has a tendency to throw in some monthly optionable stocks, which I don't do the monthlies, but I will run through the numbers for you. Uh, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader. And hopefully, today, I am going to list this in the registry with a name and a description that's more detailed so more people can uh, you know appreciate the information. All that being said, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.